We change our minds every day about a million things a day. This is no different. You can't be afraid to be wrong. You can't be afraid to say, you know what? I'm just going to rethink this thing. People are not dying getting the vaccine. Um, I, I better rethink this thing. I'm going to go call my doctor and, and have a discussion one more time. It is okay to change your mind. Get fast, reliable internet for any budget. Now qualifying customers can get Xfinity internet free through the Affordable Connectivity Program. That's right, free high-speed internet from Xfinity. And Internet Essentials customers can get equipment included at no extra cost. Get started today. I love mealtime with my family. Especially when my mom lets us help us cooking. We always have a good time mixing eggs and cutting the crust off bread for sandwiches. But I had no idea that eggshells and breadcrumbs could be recycled. Do you know that 20% of trash is food waste? That's crazy! But there is something we can do to get that number down. Ramsey County has a program that lets us recycle food. That's right! I gather up banana pills, orange pills, and meat scraps that I can find. Then once a week, I drop them off at Ramsey County's food scrap collection site, where it gets turned into compost for gardening, landscaping, and more. It doesn't cost my mom a dime, and I feel like I'm doing my part to save the planet. Recycling is for everyone, and it's easy to do. Just log on to RamseyRecycles.com to find out more. Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude podcast. Hello, family. Welcome to the latest episode of the Diversity Dude podcast. Thank you again so much for taking the time to watch or listen to our program. I am your host, Tom Barnett, with the Seminole Group. And in today's session, I'd like to take a look back and review at a few of the topics that we've discussed, go over the highlights, and then talk about what are the catalysts or what are the things that we need to do to actually you know, move the needle on these various endeavors. But as we always do, I like to do a recognition for the week. This week's recognition goes to Harvard, Harvard University, for their transparency and accountability in releasing a report that detailed the school's involvement in U.S. slave trade including faculty and staff who owned slaves and professors who taught racial eugenics. Eugenics is just the concept, concept of encouraging select breeding for the purposes of purifying the human race. Go figure. So this report also detailed that during the first half of the 19th century, more than a third of the money donated or promised to Harvard by private individuals came from just five men. And those five men made their fortunes from slavery and slave-produced commodities. The recognition, as I mentioned earlier, applies the level of transparency and even revealing this type of information. I also commend their being accountable in that the school has made a plan to administer some form of reparations to Black and Indigenous students who are descendants of slaves, as well as partner with HBCUs on various initiatives such as appointing HBCU professors 
for a year or subsidizing for a summer or full year HBCU students there at Harvard. And this quote particular uh, really wraps up what I think the essence of what this report found and why I was really so um, thrilled with the way that Harvard handled this. This is a direct quote. The profound harm caused by the university's entanglement with slavery and its legacies cannot be valued in monetary terms alone, the study says. Nevertheless, financial expenditures are a necessary predicate to and foundation for redress. So bravo, Harvard. And I hope that uh, others will follow suit. So as I mentioned, just wanted to take the time to go over some of the topics that we've discussed over the past few months, go over the highlights and then talk about what are the things that we could do to really drive change. The first one was that that boogeyman that I brought up, uh, you know, early on in, in the podcast, and that is critical race theory. So critical race theory, as I mentioned, seems to be a boogeyman for the alt-right and for conservatives. But what it basically is, and again, this is just the Cliff Notes version of each one of these. Legal scholars came up with the concept that race was a construct and used to oppress and exploit people of color. And that racism is normalized feature of the American society and legislation alone can't fix it. CRT or critical race theory has been distorted to distract us from addressing racial inequality in our country does not rewrite history. So that in the nutshell was critical race theory. Now, one of the catalysts that we're going to need our allies to do is that not enough people are really speaking up because I think we've seen across across the country. And if you watch the news that at least eight states and the list continues to grow, have passed legislation making it illegal to teach and read about certain books. You got to just ask yourself the question, why is this? books about Ruby Bridges, MLK with fire hoses and dogs being, being you know, released uh, to attack children. You've got to make the decision, but that's critical race theory. The next one, we discussed the adoption of DE&I across corporate America. So these were kind of the, the big ticket items that, 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 we, that we drew from that, from that podcast. One was that teams have been built out to address DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. So that's really good that you've got dedicated teams that are doing that now. Secondly, there's been a uh, full court press, if you will, regarding the training around unconscious bias, racial differences, one-on-one -on -one appearances, which are basically executives doing town hall meetings with their associates to, in an effort to uh, achieve more empathy and open dialogue uh, with their associate base. But I think the most important is, as I, as I like to say, the most, the, 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 what is muy importante is that just because dollars have been allocated and earmarked for social justice and equity projects, is that you've got to have a framework for metrics that has to be in place. Because if you can't, if you don't have those metrics in place, you can't really understand the progress that you're making. So you've got to have metrics. They've got to be transparent. You got to be able to hold people accountable. And that evidence has the, 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 the metrics have to be evidence based and not subjective. Again, you got to be able to hold companies and groups accountable with all this great work that they're really starting to do. The next one, this is just general information, but we tackled health and wellness. Collectively, we've got to start thinking about our physical wellness. This past February, if you guys remember, uh, for Black History Month, 
the theme for African-American, the theme was African-American health and wellness. I bring this back to our collective attention because this is a crucial issue for those of us in the African-American community, which has suffered a long history of healthcare disparities. So as the pandemic continues, African-Americans are more likely to be hospitalized or die from COVID-19 than white people. And besides COVID-19, we're more likely to die from diseases like cancer, diabetes, and heart disease. So the following are the things that we can do. And again, I'm just reiterating some things that we talked about a few months back. The things that we can do are some deliverables for all of us to do. The first one, schedule annual physicals. And the most important piece of that is, is that you, as well as me, have to feel comfortable with the relationship and the rapport with our doctors. If we don't, we've got to seek a second opinion if we don't feel comfortable, if we don't feel that we're being heard. Another thing that we can do, look at becoming donors because there's an urgent need for both blood as well as bone marrow. This could be a life, a life-saving uh, effort that you do for somebody that might be suffering from sickle cells. And catch this, less than 3% of blood donors are black and the Red Cross and the and the Red Cross is in the midst of their worst blood shortage over the past decade. So those are some things that we can do from a health and wellness standpoint. Also, let's talk about mental wellness. We've got to address the stigma around mental wellness in the black community. Seek and get mental health. And the last thing here, lastly, as it relates to health and wellness, this is just a PSA, a pub public service announcement. African-American men and women get colorectal cancer 20% more than other groups and die 40% more. We're recommended to get colonoscopies at the age of 45 instead of the general recommended 50. Let's not forget about our brother Chadwick Bozeman who died at just the age of 43 from colon cancer. We have to be proactive and build stronger health and wellness foundations so that we aren't victimized the way that we currently have been during the pandemic. So that does it for health and wellness. Another one of the topics that I had a lot of conversation with folks about was around microaggressions. Microaggressions, again, are small or subtle behaviors that judge, accuse, demean, marginalize, or show prejudice towards someone. It's when you discount somebody. It's when you single them out. It's when you belittle them. And it's based on a part of their identity, such as their age, race, or their gender. This can be deliber deliberate or unintentional, the mispronunciation of a name repeatedly. It's considered aggressive due to its frequency. And as I mentioned before, I call this death by a thousand cuts because it happens repeatedly, repeatedly. And so that just grates on a person. Remember this, microaggressions are driven by implicit biases that we all carry with us. And in some instances, overt racism has been replaced with more covert and subtle language, intermicroaggressions as they are. And they are based on the premise that one race is superior than the other. The next thing I wanted to talk about, gender pay gap. So catch this, according to the World Economic Forum's Global Gender Gap Report, it might take more than 135 years to close the wage gap globally. 
The gender gap in pay has remained relatively stable in the U.S. over the past 15 years. And in 2020, women earned 84% of what men earned, according to a Pew Research Center analysis. That same study highlighted the following. Black women make just 64 cents for every dollar paid to a white man. Indigenous women, 60 cents. Latinas, 57 cents. Now, due to this inequality, women stand to lose more than $400,000 over the course of a 40-year career. Unfortunately, gender pay gap issues are rife with the same systemic practices and policies that plague race relations and equality efforts and must be dismantled in order to put women on equal footing with men. Last one here. We talk about the glass cliff. The glass cliff, simply put, is a situation in which women or a member of a minority group are promoted into a role in which leadership does not expect them to succeed. Said another way, risk of failure, failure is extremely high. And why does this occur? Unconscious bias existing. That's why that occurs. And the recurring the systemic hangups and beliefs that one group is superior to the other, that's one of the root causes of why the glass cliff exists. So I hope that you saw, and especially maybe with the exception of, of health and wellness, and I think even within that, there has to be advocacy from those that don't look like the marginalized group, the importance and what has to happen from an ally standpoint. And so I talk about it all the time, but there has to be a huge, huge effort. And the following kind of tackles out of all of those things that we talked about, what are the things or why is it important to have allies or true allies and advocates? And so when we talk about our allies and true advocates, this is the takeaway that I have for them. Allies and true advocates have to do the following. You've got to speak up against the premise that one race is superior. Do the work to understand perspective of others and challenge your own views. Be empathetic. How do we do this? You do this by increasing your own DEI competency, by visiting a Black or African American history museum, by going out and gathering and listening to the great variety of music that, that's out there to offer. Listen to the ranges from gospel to R&B to jazz. Read books and various literature from people that don't look like you. Learn another language. Support Black-owned businesses and restaurants. And I think this is really, really also important is that when you're in those conference rooms or when you're on those Zoom calls and you see or hear something that just doesn't sit right with you, be a leader in speaking up as this happens every day in all walks of life, in the workplace, as I mentioned, in conference rooms, on Zoom meetings across the country every single day. And remember, we, being the marginalized group, you can't dismantle something that you didn't build. We've got to be able to get rid of these systemic issues that plague the country to this day. So that's a lot. And I think as we've talked about every week, all the different topics that we talked, we, we've talked about over the past few months, as well as being informed and having and taking action steps, you have to be able to have those allies and advocates to really help bring about the change that is needed. So as we've talked about all these different things, I just wanted to bring back what I would call some of the greatest hits 
of what we've talked about and I think what has promoted the most discussions with me and emails and conversations with friends across the country. Uh, but more importantly, to just say, hey, there is still a boatload of work for us all to do. Well, with that being said, this is going to be my last taping of the Diversity Dude podcast. But there is so much work that, that is out there that I hope that I've been able to inform and promote dialogue into action. So, you know, continue to agitate, ask the hard questions, and make sure that within all the initiatives that are being done out there, that businesses or people are being transparent and hold them accountable. So Godspeed and all the work that you've got to do out there. Before I go, I wanted to make sure that I, I gave a, a, a shout out to what I call friends of the program or FOPs. These are people that have been around from day one have not only been my advocates, but my sounding boards and my biggest fans. It's my cousin, Don Burton in San Antonio. That's Rosetta Jones Turner in Atlanta. It's my brother-in-law, Kelvin Wright, who's always been my sounding board and one of my, one of my biggest supporters. And then also, and most importantly, you know, my showrunner, my wife, Katrina Barnett, and my biggest fans, Tom and Marion Barnett. And then lastly, a happy birthday week to Butch Reed, a.k.a. Father Murphy. But before I, before I end this podcast, respect to Shaletta Brundage. She's been honored by USA Today as a woman of the year for her activism and work with autism, as well as the various programs that she offers, whether it be um, you know, teens and understanding teens to, to wellness and health. And so I wanted to thank her for not only providing the platform, but being the person that she is because she truly exemplifies what it means to, uh, to, to, to be black excellence. So thank you all. And until we meet again, take care, be blessed. Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. Children's Minnesota, the leader in specialized health care for kids, is here to raise awareness, standards, the bar, the stakes, the question, the curtain. On raising kids' health to the highest priority, kids need equal access to health care, more pediatric expertise, a voice for change. Kids need us, all of us. So let's raise them up. Children's Minnesota, the kid experts. OutSchool provides live online classes for kids. They offer academic classes as well as interest-based classes. The topics are so cool. Everything from art and fitness to physics, mindfulness, food, history. A lot of these topics are things that are not taught in your regular school. Check out their amazing classes. Your kids are going to love it. My son's about to graduate high school and he wants to go to college, but I don't have the money to pay for tuition at one of those big time universities. And I don't want him to be strapped with student loan debt trying to get a degree. So he's going here to Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. The school is designed for families like mine who have a higher financial need. Believe it or not, you won't pay more than $3,000 a year on average for tuition. And get this, Laptops, textbooks, meals, and even Metro passes are free. Sound too good to be true? Well, it ain't. 
That's not even the best part. Doherty Family College at St. Thomas offers a two-year undergraduate program with small class sizes, so your child will have the personal support they need to be successful. At Doherty Family College, they'll treat your child like family. Do what I did and check them out at dfc.stthomas.edu. Set up a tour today. You'll be glad you did. It's never too late to set the stage for well-being. Here's your well-being tip of the day from YMCA of the North. Did you know that your diet can impact your sleep? If you struggle with sleep, try incorporating foods high in minerals and B vitamins. Foods such as leafy greens, nuts, seeds, and salmon build nutrients, keep your energy balanced during the day, and maintain a healthy sleep cycle at night. If you're looking for a refresh, working with a nutritionist at the Y can help you create lasting changes. For more well-being tips, meditation, and yoga classes, visit us at ymcanorth.org forward slash well-being. At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make it easier to avoid overdraft fees? And we can. Now, if you're overdraft at Huntington by $50 or less, you won't be charged an overdraft fee. And if you're overdrawn by more than $50, you have time to fix it with 24-hour grace. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people out. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Your account will be closed if it is negative in any amount for 60 days. Learn more at Huntington.com slash safety zone and Huntington.com slash grace. Hy-Vee Mealtime To Go is mealtime made easy. Just order delicious meals online for convenient curbside pickup or have it delivered. Want breakfast? Hy-Vee Mealtime To Go. Need lunch? Hy-Vee Mealtime To Go. Doing dinner? Hy-Vee Mealtime To Go. Get pancakes, burgers, fried chicken, lasagna, high chai Asian dishes, sushi, pizza, and more. If you're craving it, Hy-Vee Mealtime To Go has it with curbside pickup or delivery. Order today at hyvee.com slash mealtime. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. Plan benefits may vary.